All right, boys and girls, here we are back with the Drylander podcast. Thank you for joining me, for listening, for being, you know, a loyal listener, all three of you. Um, man, a lot of things have happened since the last episode. Some good, which we'll talk about today. Some seemingly not so good, which I don't think we'll talk about today. We'll probably save that for another episode. I might drop a hint or two. But basically, some massive changes are hitting the farm sooner than anticipated. We knew they were coming. We did. Just some miscommunication, in my opinion, is what happened. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been quite such a shock. But, you know, life goes on. God's got a plan for each one of us. Um, This is his plan. This is his plan, you know. The more I fight it, the more it's still going to happen. <laughs> you know? So we're praying on it, praying for the best way forward. I I don't know. I've almost... Okay, Steve, I lied. I'm not quite over it. I'm close to being over it, but it's no longer this burning issue in my mind anymore. Yeah, it's still up there, but, you know, again, best way to deal with some stuff is just to get busy, you know? So that's what we've been doing the last few days. Still have a couple more days to uh, finish up the task. And then it's on to to finally finishing up my fertilizer. You know, we got most of the wheat top dressed before we got this this little rain event this last weekend. And that was a good thing. Okay, it's a good thing. I'm not complaining at all. Um, Had we not, had I not agreed to uh, be a sponsor for a class trip to a Nuggets game, probably could have finished all my top dressing but you know I knew the weather was going to come in so I'm like you know it's fine it's got plenty of time to get get it on the wheat really we only have two and a half quarters left to go so not not a it's not like we're behind the eight ball a great deal it would have been nice to get it on before the current snow slash rain that's it's happening now it's supposed to continue off and on through the night <coughs> excuse me but it, it's just not going to happen you know maybe next week i'll have some some time free up to get it done um but there's some other things that are, are just of a much greater priority and we got to get that stuff done first things just like i said things just move too fast for us and yeah moving forward but some good news some good news we did finally make the swap the 9430T and the Premier 96 um, got that home. Took our or took Dad's 8370R and his Sunflower 96 up to up to the dealer. Made the swap. Got back home <laughs> just barely. <laughs> we just barely made it back to the farmyard. Oh, but I'm so glad, so glad I decided to go to the farmyard instead of home. Because if we decided to go home with the sprayer or the sprayer. With the tractor and sweeps, I'm not so certain I would have made it. And I'll tell you why. So we got up there, you know, for the most part, no no issues. There's a few issues moving through town, but that's just part of moving through town, you know. There's, just, there's no good way to come in, like, on the backside of the lot there, there at the dealership. So you kind of got to work your way through town from one or two ways and just decide how much of the highway you want to be on. Um, but we said we got in, parked it next to the 9430T, 
made sure his started first because the dealer was gone. He he had another engagement going on um, that he couldn't be there, which is fine, you know. So I made sure the tractor started. It did, you know, after checking the oil and walking around everything, you know, it's just the same way it was when we looked at it and just as they told us it'd be. They did hook everything up. They checked tires. Supposedly they checked the wheel bearings. Get into that. Um, yeah, so got it started. Let it sit there and idle for a little bit. Um, raised the sweeps up out of the ground. Well, those premier tillage, they're not quite the same as, okay, they're nothing like, well, yeah, they're similar. They're similar in some regards, not similar in other regards. One thing that they're different on is instead of the rock shaft that you have on sunflowers, you know, and then knuckles to adjust and this, that, and the other. No, each wheel has its own cylinder. That sounds cool. Except for when you need to lock it up in transport mode. There's nothing to lock up unless you have some uh, cylinder stops custom made, which this one doesn't have them. So, you know, you just got to bump it every so often going down the road to make sure it's locked up. Yeah, that's fine and all, but, you know, if you blow a line or something, it's nice to have those cylinder lockouts. That way, uh, you know, you're not going to crater into the county road. Now, on to the wheel bearing. So, we've we had a track tractor before, an 8295RT. That was the roughest tractor I'd been in in a long time. Part, well, a good chunk of that was because it had tracks that were worn out. They were like 35, 40% tracks at best. Um, I quickly found out with track tractors, just because you have an inch of tread doesn't mean the tracks are good. So <clears throat> that thing, you know, going down the road at 18 miles an hour and that 8295 RT was 18 miles an hour too fast. That's just how rough it was. It was okay in the field. Man... You couldn't keep anything in the buddy seat next to you. You for darn sure didn't have anything open to try drinking. Nope. So I was expecting something similar with this 9430T. I kind of think they're the same year now that I think about it. I think this is a 10 and that 8295 was a 10. Or maybe this is a 9 and that was a 10. I don't know. Either way, my mind was like, well, you know, 8RT, that's got to have a better suspension system, Right? Right? I mean, a 9030T, that's older. Won't have the same suspension. Oh, Sean was wrong. Sean was way wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong. That ride home in that 9430T, whoo, that was a lovely surprise. Okay, I'm not lying here. I think it was just as smooth, if not smoother, than the 8R I drove up there. And you're going to call me crazy. You're going to call me crazy. And I will, I will agree that if I hit a, you know, a bump or a divot and you know, wash out across the road, it was more jarring in the, the 9430T than it was the 8R. But as far as, you know, smooth as the county road gets, as far as a smooth ride there, no, nah, they were just as, just as comparable. You know, it'd been like 1A, 1B. Um, you know, you hit a bump with 8R, it was more of like a soft bounce you hit it with the 9430T, yeah, it's more of a boom, but then you're done, you know? So, yeah, that was amazing to have that. I mean, I was able to eat my lunch and, you know, drink a, a, a Coke, driving this thing home. There was no way I could have done that in the 8295RT. No way. 
So, yeah, that was amazing. Looking forward to running this tractor. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. I was going to say hopefully for many years, but <laughs> we'll see how things shake out. It might be gone by the end of the year. Not because we don't like it, just because of other factors that are going on. Um, yeah, that was, that was, you know, nice. Now, for the bad. So, somewhere not too far out of town, um, this, this high-pitched, like, a jet engine almost sound kicked on on the engine. When I was, only when I was in 17, 18, 16, 17, and 18 gears. 14, 15, you didn't really hear it that much. 13 and under, wasn't even there. And so I posed this question. I let the dealer know ASAP. I'm like, hey, yo, there's a noise here. I don't know what it is, but y'all are going to take care of it. The dealer's like, yeah, we will. Thanks for letting us know. Um, Mechanic's not, the mechanic that worked on that, he's out until I think Monday or Tuesday. When he gets back, we'll touch base with him, give you a call. That's fine. We got it home. We're not going to need it until early April-ish, thereabouts. So we got time to get fixed whatever needs to get fixed. I hope. Now, you know, being the curious sort that I am, and sometimes I worry, and I actually am curious, even though my wife doesn't believe me, I decided to go ask some other people the question. I'm like, hey, here's what it sounded like. What do you all think? Well, you know, like the first five responses I got was, it's in the rear end, you know. You got it. You got a dud. You got something major going on there. And I'm like, you know, that's not what I want to hear, obviously. And I understand you guys have more experience with this than I do. This is our first 90-30, you know, 90-30 track tractor. But I'm like, if it was in the rear end, would the noise be there no matter if there was a load on the engine or not? See, this is why I keep coming back to I think it's in the engine. We'll, we'll find out. And when we do, I'll let people know. But it sounds like a jet engine taking off in those gears. Now, there's a few hills between here and Cheyenne Wells. You know, level ground, going up a hill, said, you think you're about ready to take off into the air. You come on the backside of the hill when there's no load on the engine, it goes away altogether. It does. It goes away altogether until you need the power again to keep moving, and then the whistle comes back, the high-pitched scream which to me sounds like the fan drive, which recently got worked on, or there's, uh, what do you call it, air-to-air, air-to-air cooler, air-to-air boot, clamp, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Connection on the turbo. Um, one of those could have a hole in it. It could, you know, just be a loose clamp. I would kind of think if it's a loose clamp, it would do that in the lower gears too because you're still having a load on the engine. I realize that a load on the engine in 8th gear is different than a load on the engine in 18th gear. I get that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get it figured out, though. We'll get it figured out. The other bad was, you know, they, we've always been told when you're roading a track tractor a great distance, you should stop every, you know, like 10 miles or so. And... Just walk around, make sure none of the bogeys are are smoking. (laughs) Yeah, make sure everything's running fine, kind of give things a break and get up and go again. So that's what I did coming home. I stopped three times, checked it three times. Uh, Well, twice. Third time being when we got back to the yard. 
because it's like 35 miles up there. Uh, but we get back to the yard, and between the last stop I made and getting into the yard, the wheel bearing went out on the sweeps. Now, it hadn't been out very long, so that tells me it, would mean it was going out, but it didn't go out, go out until probably the last mile or so, which I'm thankful for, and I'm better than you, better than you, that sounds in proper English, that if I were to drive down the trail road and then probably go the next four miles up the county road, I'd probably find the hubcap, you know, and that'd tell me exactly when it went out. Maybe, maybe not, I guess. It kind of depends on how fast that hubcap, you know, pops off of there and all that stuff. But anyway, so, I, you know, I got a set of bearings to put in the wheel. And that's not that bad. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing because you kind of expect that they supposedly checked wheel bearings to make sure nothing had any play in it. And maybe it didn't have any play in it when they checked it. You know how things go. That's happened to us before. We've checked wheel bearings at the shop yard. And then we get down the road. And you turn to look, and you got a tire that's wobbling in and out. And you're just like, oh, I just checked you. So very easily it could have been something like that. Um, but they're they're going to help us out on that too. But I'm glad I stopped at the farmyard instead of coming all the way home. Because that extra seven miles, we might have had a new county road by now. And I'd be buying a frog, maybe two, plus a spindle, plus a rim, Plus, you know, the list just goes on and on. So pretty thankful that I listened to the voice in my head and uh, went by the farmyard with it instead of trying to go all the way home and then come back out to the farm, you know, later on. So we'll get that fixed. We'll get it fixed. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I promise. I promise, guys. Yes, that's my own pep talk to myself. So, <clears throat> you know, got to stay pepped up, right? Or something like that. The other, the other good news, other good news, farm-wise. Remember, farm podcast today, farm podcast. The other good news is the STS-16 showed up. Now, I haven't had a chance yet to play with it because I'm doing all the fertilizing with the John Deere. And, you know, it's a proven commodity. There's nothing to have to do any big learning curves or anything like that with. So we're running the fertilizer on with the John Deere. Then we'll get it. We'll clean it off. Hopefully between into fertilizer and when I need to start doing spring spraying, I can get some time to play with the, the Hagee actually out in the field, you know, unfold the booms, run around, see how I like how it handles and whatnot. Because just driving it up and down the road, you know, it's not too bad. It it sure seems louder, <laughs> even though the engine's in the back, it sure seems louder in road gear than the John Deere. Now, again, I'm used to the noises in my John Deere, so that's probably the bulk of, you know, what's going on there. But the biggest thing I can see is the roading view. And then, you know, puttering around the farmyard. Those two things are going to take some getting used to. Because every sprayer we've had before this, with the exception of, like, a four-day stay with a STS-14, that we undid that deal. But <clears throat> with the exception of that, I've, I've had a rear boom sprayer my entire farming career. You know, Red Ball 680 pull type. 1254 Rogator, a 4710, a 4920, a 4930, and the R4045. All rear booms, for the most part, good visibility driving around the yard, you know, or up and down the road. That's the first thing I notice when I climb in the Hagee is I'm like, well, I can see forward. I can mostly see to the right. I sure hope nobody's on my left. (laughs) 
And part of the part of the view to the left is the window that they give you to look through the boom is also in the same spot where the uh, side mirror is. So I got to figure out a new arrangement there. But just in the little I've played with it, you know, played with it, driven it around. Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna like it. It's, there's gonna be a huge learning curve. I'm not disputing that. You know, the fold in and out sequence is different. I think it folds in way too quickly and a little low. That's kind of going to take me some time to feather, you know, get that feathered in and out. But, um, oh, and the aluminum boom. That's going to, that's, that's the new one. You know, I had some people tell me just to get rid of the Hagee right away. And, you know, we might still have to. We'll see. We'll see. But I think it's going to be fine. I was highly encouraged, though, to get an eight-foot stick of two-inch wide by a quarter-inch or eighth-inch um, aluminum, you know, and just keep that on hand because people are like, hey, that aluminum boom is going to break. It just will. And you need a way to fix it without having to wait for aluminum to show up on hand, you know, two, three, four days out. So if I keep it, I'm going to have to invest in a TIG welder, learn how to weld with a TIG, and learn how to weld aluminum, which I'm told is radically different than steel. There's a whole different process. It's not just strike and go, which I know you're not supposed to do that with steel either, but let's face it, we all do. But with aluminum, I'm told you are not able to do that. Otherwise, you're just making the problem worse. So that's the learning curve, but we'll see how it goes. Also, that Raven that's in there, it's like a Raven Viper Pro Plus X. I don't know. That's that's new to me. You know, I like my John Deere stuff. I do. I'm not going to lie. There's not a lot about John Deere I love. Man, oh, man, I do. I love their guidance system. And it's a new enough Hagee. It's, okay. I look it up and say it's a 16. The dealer was telling me it's a 15. The manuals all say 15. The seal number comes up as a 16. Either way, it's new enough. It's got the newer design on it. It should take a John Deere auto stair so you put it on there. I have like 50-50 split on that. I got half the aisle saying, don't do it. You'll hate it. Whatever it came in from the factory, just run with that. Just learn how to use it. And I got the other side going, I don't know. You can slap in a Deere system and be just fine. So I don't know. I think for now we'll run it as is. But I am looking forward to getting that beast in the field. I don't really need the crop clearance, but the 1,600-gallon tank, oh, I can go spray a quarter or more at a time now. Whew, looking forward to that, guys. I am looking forward to that. But that's that's just the farm update. Like I said, there's this whole other podcast coming with this other issue. Maybe two podcasts. I don't know yet. I just, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. <clears throat> you know, I've told some of you, and uh, everyone else is going to find out soon enough what's going on. So, you know, when it happens, it happens. But there will be a podcast episode. Maybe my most detailed one and prep for one to date. So be looking for that here probably in March, maybe April. I don't know see how many of these i can stay on top of until then thanks for listening i will catch you guys later Mm